I love when we're worshipping and I think Swelly said this a few weeks ago when we've got just a few on stage and just the beautiful, the roar that comes out of you guys. It's, um, it's really, really something else. Okay, who's excited to come to the Word? We have a treat today. We have Ryan sharing his testimony with us. Give him a hand as he comes up. We just thought it would be really good leading up to Easter. No better way than to celebrate Jesus than to hear about how he changes lives, hey, and to hear how salvation is outworked in different journeys. And um, some of you might know Ryan. He's a little, a little bit Instagram famous, and um, his life goal was made complete. He didn't know I was going to share this this week. When um, Stephen Furtick, who knows Stephen Furtick? Amazing man. If you don't know him, you should like, look him up because he's got great podcasts. Retweeted one of Ryan's wave and music shots. How amazing is that? So we've kind of got a superstar in the house. He's not going to let it go to his head. No, but Ryan is incredibly gifted, but also he's just got an amazing heart for God, for people, for the house. And so um, I know whatever he shares, it's always creative, often like comes just presented in a different way, but brilliant. So let's give him a hand as he comes. No pressure, Ryan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> um, how are we guys? Good to see you. Good. Hand up if you've never been here before. Everyone point to them. No, I'm joking. That'd be awkward. <laughs> Who's this one at the front? What's your name? <laughs> Ruby. Haven't seen you in a while. Um, yeah, so I get to share my testimony today. And my phone's just frozen, which is nice. Oh, no, it wants me to draw. Okay. <laughs> Let's just pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are here right now with us, God, and you're not a distant God. Father, that you, you want, God, to meet us wherever we're at, whatever we've been through. And I thank you that you're working your plan and your purpose in our lives. Every single person, no one excluded, Lord, that you see exactly where we are right now. You see where our friends and family are at right now, God. And you know, God, um, you just want to bring them into a saving knowledge of Jesus, God. And we just um, thank you for that. And thank you for what you've done in my life. And I pray that I'll be able to articulate it, Lord. Um, uh, honestly and openly, and yeah, it would encourage people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to start with Romans 1, so a Bible verse. <laughs> okay, let's just go from verse 8, so pop it up, Pat. Okay, I'll read it off here. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world, so go through this fast. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how cons constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And, I'll, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among, um, among the other churches. No, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. Keep going. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Last two verses. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed—a righteousness that is by faith, from 
first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Okay, just drop it there. Okay, so who's heard that verse before that says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Put up your hand. Yep. Okay, it's a pretty common verse, and I love it, and it's, it, it clearly just depicts what it is. You know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, blah, blah, blah. And I love it that it's in the context of Paul saying, guys, I pray for you all the time. I've been wanting to go, go and be encouraged by your faith. I've been, I've been wanting to hang out with you for ages, and I've been praying for you, and, um, but also I, I want to bring this good news to everyone, right? And I love it. <laughs> so, so my testimony I've found is that it's always been about the people in my life and the purpose that God wants to outwork. And so I love just this little portion of Scripture, and you'll see it. You'll see this theme throughout all of the Bible, really, is that God works through our relationships, the people whose God's put in our life, never take them for granted and never abuse them and never, yeah, just... Don't take them for granted is my thing. And then also, but the thing is, is that, yeah, there's people in our life, but there's also a purpose, and there's also a reason why we've got friends, and there's a reason, and, and this reason is, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. So it's not, it's about you, but like, I think Swally said the other day, it's, 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 it's about you, but it's not about you. You know, it's about us, it's about pouring into those who's God put, in, put into your life, every single person, but it's also about the purpose that we get to do together, which is sharing the good news of the gospel. And that's what I've just found that, you know, like I've, God's put people in my life throughout my life. (laughs) And so I remember in year four, I met my first Christian, which was Jed Garkett, and I didn't know what a Christian was, and I was swearing on the bus, and I knew I was kind of being cool, because it's a Christian school, you're not supposed to swear. And, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, and he was kind of looked a bit concerned, but you know, super cute as Jed, Jed is, <laughs> and, and I was just, you know, swearing, I was like, what, what's wrong with you, and he's like, oh, I don't swear, because I'm a Christian, and I'm like, oh, well, that sounds boring, <laughs> but Jed ended up becoming one of my best friends, and, you know, we did so much of life together, and, um, and just being friends with him, he, you know, just being who he was, I kind of, I was just like, what, like, what is it, something about him, and then, you know, in year six, uh, God put Rebecca Lubilangi in my life, which is, uh, she was a teacher at the time, and we used to be able to, I guess, preach at schools, like, I don't know if they're allowed to these days, Christian school it was, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, but um, yeah, she, she told me that anyone can be a Christian, so that took me a couple of years to go, oh, so Jed and his family are Christian, but I can actually be a Christian too, they probably told me that I could, but, you know, probably just went over my head, but there was that moment where I went, oh, I can be a Christian, and so, she gave me a prayer, and she, you know, she led me through it there and then. But then that night, I, you know, went home. It was on a blue bit of paper, I remember. And I just, I just said, I just said it over and over again, God, I just, you know, whatever the prayer was, um, and you know, and I'm, I'm thankful for my my friend John, and and his family, and just being, um, just seeing seeing a, a Christian home because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and just seeing how that worked. And, you know, we did so much of life together, me and John and on all our Christian friends in high school. You know, um, I'm thankful for, yeah, the friends I, yeah, we, we snuck into Hillsong Conference together, you know. I think me, Jesse, and a couple of other people, and don't tell Brian Houston. <laughs> but, you know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we did life together, and, and that's what it's about. It's about the people that's in your life, right? And, um, uh, 
you know, me, Caleb, and that, we used to come to night church, and we were just, uh, the word of the day was frothing, and we were frothing for God, you know. We were coming here just so passionate and so excited, and, um, <laughs> and you know, I'm thankful for the dads, the, the father figures in my life that I've um, been able to look up to in this house, and um, there's so many, like, Mark isn't just an awesome, incredible man, like, I, I thought it was God, it was like, you know what I mean, like, God and Mark, I'm like, okay, <laughs> And, <laughs> but, you know, and there's just so many people, there's just so many people. And I, I, I just, I just think today, just don't forsake the people in your life, you know, don't take them for granted. Like God's put them in your life and it works both ways. You know, in here it says, I want to come like Paul, like probably the, probably the most spiritual man or whatever, but he's saying, I wanted to be encouraged by your faith. And so, you know, I know that I was an encouragement of somewhat to my Christian friends. You know, I was just learning it, and I think that spurred them on to go, yeah, I think this is right. And, you know, and I I think it works both ways that, sure, don't take them for granted both ways. You know, learn to be an encourager to those who are in your life and pour into those who are in your life. And um, the people and the purpose, you know, sometimes these these two themes, tag team, sometimes the people leave, but the purpose of God remains. And sometimes... uh, you're not sure what your purpose is, but so into the people in your life. And I think you're just going to stay, stay the course in that way. Um, so what is God's purpose? So I'm talking about this purpose, this purpose that, you know, God puts people in your life to fulfill the purpose on your life. And not just, not just the purpose on your life, you know. I think we're a pretty individual culture, but I think the purpose of God is eternal and it's bigger than just my life or your life. It's, it's what God's doing on the earth. And I encourage you to be pay attention on what God is doing, what God wants to do globally, not just what clothes to wear today. No, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so <laughs> 1 Timothy 2. So I don't, didn't give it a pat. But I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So this is, I think, God's purpose. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants, so this is talking about God's desire, right? So God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, right? And so I think that's where we see God's purpose. So may, may our friendship groups and may the people that we're involved with May there be a purpose of God's ultimate purpose, which is he wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So if you're struggling to find what the purpose of God is for you, um, I just encourage you that, that God wants, first of all, you, like, you know, it says to the Greeks and whatever, first of all, you, you've got to have an understanding of who God is. And when I say have to, I just mean you get to, right? (laughs) And, And then out of that, we get to be, uh, impacts in our world and whatever sphere of influence God's given you, whatever um, God's given you to do, it's ultimately so that people will come to know Jesus. Um, so the people and the purpose. Um, <laughs> what I love in it, and so people and the purpose, that's kind of like, I feel like it, it sums up a lot of my life, right? The people in my life and the purpose God wants to do. And but there's another side of my testimony, and there's another side, I think, of everyone's testimony, if you're honest with yourself, and it's the miraculous and the monotonous, okay? <laughs> so the people, the purpose, and the miraculous and the monotonous. And I think, um, 
it, it says that in Timothy, when I, I just skimmed over it then, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. You know, in a way that kind of sounds monotonous. It sounds, oh, we get to live peaceful and quiet lives like that. You know, so often we think it's just about those big moments where God's going to do this miraculous thing. But sometimes it's just about working with your hands, um, you know, being kind to people. Sometimes it's, it's just about doing your tax, doing, you know, doing your job well, doing, uh, treating people kindly. It's, it's, sometimes it's the monotonous. Sometimes for people it's picking up kids from the school. Sometimes it's paying bills. Um, you know, and, and they're all important. It's the miraculous and the monotonous. My testimony seems slow. Like I, like I said, I didn't even know what a Christian was. I, I remember vaguely kind of thinking about God when I was really, really young. But I didn't know what a Christian was until year four, and I didn't become a Christian until year six. But I didn't really do anything with that faith until year 10. And, uh, you know, and then whatever. Oh, I just wanted to publicly apologize to Sharon Wright for she had all of us at um, at Bible College or whatever it was called, <laughs> uh, and Liz and Mark and but you know we uh, we had a lot of a lot of fun, <laughs> but it was it was really cool and <laughs> yeah it was it was awesome it was such a good year, um, but you know that's the thing it seems slow it seems like wow like I've lived a lot of life and it seems like um, you know the there's big moments, but there's a long wait in between. <laughs> you know, when I first uh, was new to the faith, around year 10, when I actually started, you know, um, really pursuing it for myself, um, I started hearing all these, you know, the druggards and the, or the, drunk, the drunkards and the, <laughs> and the drug addicted becoming, turning to salvation. And, you know, like they're awesome and, and the big turnarounds that God did in their life. But I started comparing myself and thinking, oh, like, my journey's been slow and somewhat boring. And so I, you know, but I just encourage you that your testimony is your testimony. And it might seem slow and boring, but, you know, God is working in that. And there's that Bible verse that says, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. No one else's. You know, we need to, we need to own our story. And it might seem boring, but there's big, <laughs> I don't want to make it sound too boring, but there's, there's big moments on the way, you know, like there's those big revelation moments, but majority of our life is, is, could seem monotonous and seem, and a lot of people lose the path on just the, the monotonous part of it. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we focus on the 30-year-old miracle-working Jesus, but who knows, there was a 25-year-old working Jesus. There'll, you know, like, and if that's God, his, most of his life wasn't even mentioned in the Bible. And the Bible's about Jesus. He'd be thinking, oh, but I was 25 and, you know, working hard and, you know, like, and so I just encourage you not to look over the mundane and look over the seemingly forever life that we have. <laughs> um, but God's working in that. And, you know, sometimes we focus on the miracle, like I said, the miracle working Jesus, like when um, Jesus fed the 5,000, right? That was a big miraculous moment. But I love at the end of that verse, a big, massive miracle. Um, where was it? It was in... Oh, there it was. It fell down. <laughs> so the, Jesus did this big miracle, um, and then they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. <laughs> so all I, all I envision is these 12 disciples, basically just 12 slaves of Jesus... <laughs> 
And now they had to go pick up the mess that Jesus made. You know, they had to go clean it up. And sometimes we think about, wow, there's an amazing miracle. And sometimes we think, wow, these moments in church. But who knows, there's, there's faithful people every week um, picking up the pieces, picking up the broken pieces, vacuuming the floors, you know, cleaning the toilets, um, doing the banking in the week, you know, um, following up people, uh, running events, running, you know, organizing things. And, uh, like, let's not forget the mundane, let's not forget the monotonous, you know, like, and, and maybe be encouraged, because that's most of our life, most of our life isn't, like, it, even the percentage of church to the week, it's like, it's, you know, it's, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not good at math, so I'm not gonna <laughs> do that, it's one out of seven, but not even the full seven, um, <laughs> so, and even the Red Sea, you know, is the Red Sea bi- uh, Bible story, so Jesus, uh, sorry, Moses and God, split the sea in a second, right? And they crossed the sea, and this was a massive thing, a massive miracle that happened. But guess how, they, guess how they took over the promised land? It says that they took it over little by little, little by little. And so you think, oh, wow, but God, you delivered me. You know, maybe you saved me, and there was this big moment. I had this big revelation moment. Well, who knows? There's going to be a battle day by day, and there's going to be little by little that God's going to bring um, the full promises of God into your life. And so let's not forget the miracle moments, but let's not neglect the mundane. Let's not neglect the monotonous. (laughs) You know, just the seemingly boring times. And so I think we can become addicted to that big thing, but let's know that God's working in it all. And if God was only on the mountaintops, well then, like, the majority of our lives, like I said, isn't in those big, exciting moments. Um, You know, like, there was a miracle I... just the way that I got my new office space um, for my work. It was just like, I just saw the hand of God move all that, over that. Like I got free blinds from someone and like it was just all these random connections that happened to get me into the office space that happened. And it was kind of like a splitting, it felt like I was in slavery for so long. And then finally I got my own office space and it felt like a miracle, miraculous moment. But now I've had to pay rent um, and utilities for over a year, you know, and so let's not forget that. Let's, you know, and that's been most of my life. There's the, there's the miracle, and then there's the picking up the bread. There's the, <laughs> um, Dean and Rosie, you might know them. They're about to have a baby, and that's a miracle in itself. Like, that's an amazing thing. But I'm sure at 2 a.m. when baby's hungry, I'm sure it might not feel like a miracle. <laughs> Do you know? Um, so that's just been my testimony. That's just a little snippet. And so all I'm going to finish with... Does that make sense? Is that helpful? I think that's helpful. I think church should be helpful. I think when we, when we hear about the Word of God, I love the miracles, and I love them. And let, like I said, let's not forget the miracles. Let's not forget. Never forget what God's done in your life, and hold on to those moments. Write them down. You know, when God speaks to you, when, you know, He breaks through in your life, write them down. Tell people about it. Boast about it, as in, like, God's been so good to me. But let's not neglect the monotonous. Let's not neglect the faithfulness um, of the journey. Um, so John 17, oh wait, I've got it on the Bible. <laughs> oh, this is one other cool verse actually, I'll just quickly read it. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other, and in fact, you do love all of God's family and throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you brothers and sisters to do so, do so more and more. And to mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win. I love this. 
And I guess the miraculous is in the monotonous, isn't it? Because it says, so that your daily life, so our every day, just our seemingly boring, the seemingly way we treat people, the, the way we walk and the way we conduct ourselves, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will be not dependent on anybody. And that's what it's about. It's about winning people. It's about, it's about salvation of the lost and, and for the people in your life who don't know Jesus yet. Um, so I'm just going to read John 17. And this is like, I think it's like one of Jesus' final prayers just before he goes onto the cross. Yeah, just before he's arrested, according to John. Um, so, and Jesus actually talks about this. He talks about, he talks about the monotonous and he talks about um, the people in our lives. Like he, his whole prayer is for the people. He says, um, uh, he says, I revealed to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they obeyed your word. Um, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and accepted them. And he goes on, I pray for them. Um, I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. So here he is praying for his people. So just, as a, just a takeaway, just who's your people? Who are you praying for? Who's, who's the people that you're sowing into? And we might think, oh, it, do, it says he's not praying for the world. But he actually does pray for the world a bit later. So he wasn't praying for them right then, but then a few verses down. Oh, um, he says, my prayer, is not for not, what? my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also though for those who will believe in me through their message. And so here's Jesus' his final prayer, and he's, taught, he's praying for the disciples, and he's praying for those people, but he's also praying for the people who are yet to come. And he's praying for those people who he knows when he dies on the cross that they're going to come to salvation one day. And he's, Jesus is praying for them. And he also prays for this. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. And so Jesus doesn't save us from our daily lives. Like, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world. You know, some people are very, think they're very spiritual and, and neglect all their responsibilities. But he, so God doesn't take us out of the world, but he keeps us in the world so that we can impact the world in whatever, whatever place we're in. Yeah, so... I think we're going to, yeah, bring that up. That was so good, hey? So I was talking with Ryan, and I've had it on my heart, spoke about it Vision Sunday, just how at the moment there just seems to be such a bit of an open heaven, an open door to connect with people, what Ryan is talking about. So I would love to finish in a moment. I'm just going to share a couple of little stories. Just by praying for those, as Ryan shared in that verse, who we're believing to yet to come to know Jesus in small groups. We're going to split up and pray. Who are we imagining salvation for? And, you know, we're leading up to Easter, and it's, a, it's, always, it's always a good time to pray for people. But I think it would be really awesome to split into small groups and pray right here and right now for those who are on that journey at the moment. And I just love what Ryan was saying about the mon monotonous and the mundane, because I really believe that through our everyday life, I know that's Josh and I's story, that God is using us in little conversations everywhere. And I know um, just Josh, for example, on his work site, he's had so much opportunity to 
minister to people just by being there and being present in people's worlds. So little conversations that I think you could miss maybe if you're just driven, but being present. Men who have been suicidal or men who have just been going through incredible grief or loss. And some of those men have begun to articulate to Josh, you know, they, they want to know more about God. They want to know more about church. And the same with some of our playgroup mums. I know there's a handful of them who are saying, you know what, my kids have started saying they really want to come to church. I'm not really into religion. Like, what do you think? Should we come along? And uh, which is amazing. And, and, and then again, I just met um, one of Zeke's friends, mums, for the first time. Um, our sons were down at the Milton showground and she came down and we were just chatting. And by the end of the conversation, I'd explained how we were um, involved with pastoring the church. And she had said, I'm not really a religious person, but I love my art. And I, I think I actually feel God when I'm creating and when I'm doing my art. And so just this little moment with her in the day-to-day. And I just agree with what Ryan said. There is miraculous moments along the way, and thank God for them. But there's so many little moments in the everyday conversation. And I really believe that there's going to be a lot more of them to come. I believe that people are opening up and that people are looking for God and obviously we can share that with those in our world. So without further ado, we didn't want to have this morning too long. We're going to split into groups and just for 10 minutes, let's just pray for those who we're imagining salvation for, who we're dreaming of salvation for and um, let's just agree together. There's going to be some moments, not only to be praying, but also to actually be showing the love of God to people. And, you know, we've been praying also for one of our boy's friends who's been having significant mental health issues and this week Josh was also given an opportunity to actually practically help this family and I can't go into too many details because who knows they we all know everyone it's a small town and they could even be listening on SoundCloud but anyway so I just think God is opening up doors as we pray for us to be able to be changed and bring hope into people's world so let's pray make sure no one's left out get in groups of three or four or two whatever you want to do and then um, we'll finish the service let's give Ryan a hand too again thank you Ryan (laughs) 